everyone, and welcome to Pops and Hisses, a podcast where we talk to musicians you love, talk about concerts, and answer your burning music questions. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, I'm talking to Nick Hexum, lead singer and guitarist from the rock band 311. This is the band's second appearance on the podcast. They were actually the show's very first guest way back in the day when we launched, and I always love catching up with 311. They are Omaha boys, just like me, and I actually recently caught their first hometown show here in Omaha since 2015. Nick and I caught up a little bit, talked about their fall tour, talked about the full album shows they're playing this fall, and then dove into the band's future plans. For those that have been following the band and what's been going on, that's going to be a really interesting conversation for you to tune into. You're going to want to know about that, so there might be a break coming up for the band in the future, but listen to the entire episode for the skinny on what's going down. Real quick, I do want to remind you that you can listen to the Pops and Hisses podcast and find music news, reviews, and interviews at popsandhisses.com. But now it's time to talk to Nick Hexum from 311. It's such a great conversation, and I'm so glad I got to have it with him. Let's get into it. I was at the show on Friday in Omaha, which is great. Thank you. Fun, fun Omaha hometown show, as always. Did you see when uh, my dad came out at the very end and got a hug from me? No, I didn't, but you uh, you played Large in the Margin for him, which I thought was really cool. Yes, he loves that song, and it's just a really nice uh, homecoming vibe when we when we play home. And it was our first time since the, what, 25 years, Soko Hall. Yeah, it was uh, um, that 2015 show. Yeah. Which is crazy, because usually you... <laughs> I mean, summer tour every summer, you guys usually come here or, you know, else elsewhere nearby. So it's like Omaha every other year. And then it's just been a little bit of a pause, which I mean, that happens, especially if you when you don't play concerts for two years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All the normal routing has been messed up. And what's crazy is that there is such a glut of tours going on right now that there's a shortage of, of buses and trucks and we're like on an sure. antique bus right now. <laughs> like there's water dripping on my bed and stuff oh, like that. Man. But it, because so many tours are out um, because of all the, the pent up demand. Like we fortunately kind of beat the rush to tour last year where not a lot of tours had uh-huh. it together to do that um, because of COVID. So then we were able to kind of pace it so we're going to secondary markets right now so we've been the tour has been going great but um i think it's uh still sort of resetting after all the craziness of covid yeah the things that people don't think about right like wh- yeah. what bus are you gonna be able to get so it just seems busy for you guys because it was you guys are now doing a fall tour after doing some summer dates too that's a lot well summer was mostly off yeah yeah we were we were home um, for about two and a half months. So this was more of an opposite of our normal um, touring schedule. So uh, yeah, it's like a five week tour and then some uh, weekend shows where we'll go and play albums in their entirety, like Chicago. And yeah, that's going to be, that'll be really fun. And then some winter off and then a cruise. It's like it never ends, right? Yeah, I think that uh, having healthy breaks in there is is a good idea. But you know, I I don't want to miss all these uh, awesome moments with the kids. So it was nice to have a, a summer at home. 
Oh yeah. Um, that the, that's the one thing I've said about the silver lining or a silver lining amid all the crap that was COVID is I've been hanging out with my kids a lot more. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely. And having that, you know, like a big long snow day where like, okay, now we get to figure out what to do. Let's, you know, do some different projects and, um, we, we did a lot of fun stuff during that time cooking and I built the thing called the inspiration station, which is like a gazebo out in, in nature. I go and write music and, um, I mean, I had help, but <laughs> yeah, I, but cool. I'm glad to be back. So yeah. Normal life. Yeah. The show, uh, Friday was really great. I mean, it was cool. Like you said, your dad came on stage. That's cool. You dedicated the song to him. We missed the very end of the show. My wife is like eight months pregnant. Very, very pregnant. Oh, so wow. She came with me. Thank you. Um, it's our third, but she came along to the show, and she hadn't seen you guys in quite a while. So we had a good time after we found somewhere for her to sit. Um, <laughs> but by the very by the end of the encore, she's like, I got to go home. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, uh, this was at the, after the after the bow this was the very last moment oh right went over and gave dad a hug that's awesome on stage well i saw it's got those hometown shows have got to be fun uh i mean i saw i saw chad's mom i saw uh peanuts mom (laughs) the family's got to be pretty cool pretty fun to do that stuff yeah it's a really long guest list (laughs) for omaha shows but uh it was a cool setting it's funny. I was like, um, and when I got the the day sheet, there was a PDF, and it was like no obscene language. And then they had this comedian who was like <laughs> the most foul mouthed comedian. I was like, what happened to the no foul language? Yeah, who uh, who put this bill together? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a fun show, and you guys played some, you guys played good stuff. So it made me think because you guys have so many albums, so many songs. It felt like, I mean, you played Larger Than the Margin for your dad. You guys played Omaha Style in the Encore, which you hadn't in the last couple shows. So, like, how hard is that to put that set list together? I mean, you probably can't even play that many uh, songs off the la- latest records because you've got so much other stuff to play. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're usually sort of debating is um, how how much of a hardcore audiences there how many hits do we give them um you know people like familiarity but they don't want it to be the exact same show yeah um so you know we a lot of times we'll look at the previous set list of what happened when we played there before and um you know give them some different nuggets and uh but that's kind of the 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 endless debate is that we want to try and just feed both sides, whether it's, you know, new people that are seeing us for the first time Mm -hmm. or sort of, you know, part-time fans or hardcore fans. Um, maybe we see more people bringing their kids, you know, multi-generation, uh, groups of, you know, families there. So I'm just trying to get a little bit of everything. Yeah, and but some of the sometimes the new songs just kill, and other times people are just waiting for 
something that's <laughs> more nostalgia. Yeah. It was interesting because I went, as, like I said, I went with my wife and I went with my brother and my brothers, uh, I have two older brothers. And I mean, they went and saw you guys in the Ranch Bowl days, like, you know, pre-moving to nice. LA. So like old school fans. So they, they were, they were, my brother's really happy. You guys played Do You Right. And then, you know, that I, I really enjoyed that era too. Cause that's when I was, you know, younger and first getting really into music and seeing you guys live for the first time. And then my wife, uh, really got into you guys around the Amber era. So like, that's her favorite song. So was, <laughs> we were all there for kind of different, uh, you know, our favorites are some of the different stuff. If that makes sense. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's some people that are bemoaning that we don't play more, you know, Mosaic and Voyager. You know? Right. <laughs> but you just have to try and find that balance. Absolutely. You guys have the fall tour and then some of those full album shows. Are those, I mean, you guys have done the 311 Day and play every song. You've done the album shows. Are those, I was wondering, are those a good time? Or are they a little nerve wracking? Because you've played, you know, some of the songs you maybe only played a couple of times ever live. Oh, we've been uh, brushing up on yeah. the less familiar ones at Soundcheck, but truthfully, we could play music in grassroots in our sleep at every, at any song. It's, you know, just through the, through the repetition, it's so well ingrained. But then, um, when you get up to transistor, mm-hmm. then there's some like more ones that will definitely need some, uh, some practice on when you get right. into like creature feature and some of these like real, real deep cuts on transistor. But the first one is music, music one night in grassroots the yeah. next night in New York city. And that's going to be, that'll just be a total victory lap. Yeah. We'll, I mean, at the time, those were the only, those are the only what, like 24 songs you guys had. So I'm sure you played them all over and over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> a couple shows when we were just had the crowd going crazy and like we, when we were touring on music, we played every song I was like, let's play Freak Out again. Here we go. Just like, <laughs> play it again. We were talking about that 25th anniversary show, and then you mentioned on stage Friday about, well, 32 years. It was 1990 was the first show. So that's pretty, I mean, that's not a bit, one of those big round number anniversaries, but it's got to be wild to think back and uh, realize you guys have been doing this for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the top five longest um running original lineup bands and that's it's a lot of history and yeah it i guess this particular tour i've just been like man this is there's just there's no substitute for the the time put in you know what i mean just like they say in outliers there's no and there's no substitute for the 10,000 hours and we've got to be way, way past that. So um, I think it's a, it's a special thing to see musicians that have been playing together for a really long time. There's there's just something, something about it. Absolutely. I mean, you guys, you guys are such a tight band. Thank you. Well, we keep finding ways to step it up. Like for me, um, finding ways to improve the vocals, um, better microphones, better in-ears, better guitar tones, um, automating the the guitar 
overtones. So it's like a switch and I have the, the tones dialed in perfectly wow. from That's song awesome. to song. Like we just keep trying to find ways to evolve and step it up a little bit. Well, we, we were talking about the tour and, uh, you know, the full album shows and then, you know, fast forward to next spring, it'll be the, the cruise. So do you want to talk a little bit about what, what might be beyond that? Yeah. Peanut has said that he, and I totally understand wants to take a, a bit of a break just to, you know, spend a little bit more time on family and it's just, it's a healthy thing to have some breaks. So, um, I think it'd be good just to take a bit of a breather and absolutely well i mean you you were talking about being a in a band with this original lineup running this long is a rarity i mean you guys are the i think i'm the one who wrote that story um <laughs> you know you guys are one of the five that'll be able to pull it off and it just doesn't happen and every band takes breaks and does stuff like that it's healthy it's good yeah i think if any if anything, we might not have had, had enough breaks in there. I mean, we love what we do, but, you know, you, you sh- it is important to have a nice work-life balance. Oh, and absolutely. So, you know, I think just having a little space, doing some side projects um, mm-hmm. is important. I've been working on a... Um, this uh, sort of a, a tech startup idea to um, create like a, a network where artists can get the, the services that they need um, without getting ripped off and having, you know, doing things like some re- record deals have traditionally been very unfair. I mean, a lot of times right. the, the record company isn't even committed to making an album, much less putting it out or promoting it in any way. Basically, they have all the control and the artist has none. So I think that there's uh, some definite opportunities in the modern tech world to um, get artists the, the services that they need without having to totally give away their music. And I think there's some... Um, inherent unfairness and like I, I saw an article that you have to work or excuse me you, you'd have to stream millions and millions of streams on Spotify to even make like a minimum wage yeah um, type uh, salary so there's there's some things that need to be corrected so I've been working and talking to some tech people about to have this a sort of like a, a, a marketplace a network that uh, artists can get the stuff that they need. That's really, um, that sounds really cool, man. Um, Cause you know, there's either the record label model where they do everything for you or don't as the case may be, or the like right. indie label, indie model where you are doing everything, but to be able to automate some of that and help people out would probably be huge. Yeah. And we had kind of put our toe in the water with, you know, putting out some of our music on our own. We've had, fully independent albums we've had joint venture albums um but i just think that there's much further to explore and we're in a different case because we've got our touring business right so for for younger bands like um you know i'm friends with the guys in turnstile Mm -hmm. to you know but they've already 
you know, they're doing great. They're obviously blowing up. But when I first met them a couple of years ago, I would have loved to have been able to bring like, hey, uh, here's this, without having to sign a record deal, you could get the services that you need without, a, a, you know, promotion and publicity and distribution um, without having to just give everything away. Yeah. You know, then even like Taylor Swift, she's left in this thing where she doesn't even own her masters, even though she probably had a fair amount of leverage when she signed that deal. And that's why she's like re-recording everything. Right. Right. So, well, or I mean, the other thing I've heard from bands is like distribute their own stuff. They're reinventing the wheel each time because if you've never done it before, you have to figure out who to talk to and who to, you know, get it out to and do all that stuff. So to have a, yeah, that sounds like a really cool concept, man. And and so much of that is based on having a manager who's in the know and then who are the people that that manager happens to know. Mm-hmm. Well, there really should be like LinkedIn or a, um, <laughs> yeah. or, um you know, a, um, a two-sided marketplace like Airbnb or Uber for the music business where you could have like a hub where people get what they need and that there's more... Um, transparency yeah so there's definitely some some opportunities there so even uh you know if 311 takes a bit of a break and then i've got a way that i can try and give back to younger musicians yeah you know there's all these different i meet so many musicians that have grown up on our music and to try and be able to um you know pay it forward by sort of, you know, setting something up for the next generation of musicians, I think would be, would be, would make me feel really good. Yeah. And you talked about maybe doing some other music. I mean, what was the last time you did the quintet album with your brother? That was a while back. And <laughs> now it yeah, seems like it was recently, but. Was that like 2000? Man, 20, 2013. I mean, it was nine, 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've got a, I've got a lot of songs and I've kind of been wondering, like, you know, I've got my Twitch streaming thing. Mm -hmm. I could just sort of, uh, create music and put it out very low key. Um, I could have a quintet, um, a lot of different, a lot of different options, but, um, that's sort of like the next thing that I, I want to figure out. And that ties into the whole like tech thing that I was talking about. Yeah, like, right. What is, what is the smartest way to put out music now where it gives, you know, that's fair for the artists and gives the fans the most and just sort of takes down, um, obstacles. I mean, definitely, you know, making CDs is not <laughs> the way, but I don't, I don't know. Do you put out a, like I've heard of artists that go on Patreon and have a subscription and uh-huh. do a song a week that would that would like really open the floodgates i mean what would that do for my creativity if i was going to yeah. try and do that for a minute that would be uh definitely interesting but there's so lots of stuff to figure out oh yeah i mean there's a lot of room for explore so to explore so many bands do yeah do patreon or uh, they're like well we'll do a single every quarter or or every month or some bands are like, Nope, we're just still going to do the album thing. So like, I, I don't, it's interesting to explore. Cause I don't know that anybody has the solution, but the more, uh, 
you know, you can figure out workable models, the, the better for everybody. Yeah. And I definitely, uh, enjoy doing some collaborations, doing mm-hmm. the, um, vaporwave stuff with George Clanton yep. was a lot of fun because I would just create these sort of, uh, stony psychedelic ideas and send it to him and he would, you know, sending stuff back and forth. It was super effortless. And then, you know, I've also done a vocal with Tropidelic, who's out on tour with us right now. Yeah. Um, and I think some, um, something for HR from Bad Brains is um, doing a reggae album and I, I sing a vocal for him. So that's awesome. I just, as I get older, I like to collaborate more and more. There's some, something when you're like, you know, an angry young man, I'll just sit down and spit out an entire song by myself. But then as time goes on, it's like, let's, let's, let's jam together, man. Let's have a conversation. Let's, let's have improv back and forth and see where it leads. And that's happened outside of 311 and inside of 311 where we would, you know, come up with things together more than we Mm -hmm. did in the past. And I just think every time I collaborate with a new person, I'm learning lots of new tricks. Yeah. It's like, well, you have a way, you might have a set way of doing things, but just introducing a new element of a new person, you know, you can find some new, new ways to play off each other. Yeah. Yep. I think that, um, you know, routine can be a trap and you have to really try and break that. Right. Oh man, well that's exciting. Thanks. Looking forward to seeing what next year holds and uh just really enjoying being on the road right now. There's a heat wave in LA, but it's very <laughs> nice here today in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, not so bad. I think the day man, you had a cold day in Omaha. I think the day before was like ninety degrees. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was 120 in LA. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really nice day off in Omaha to walk around the old neighborhood and see my old stomping grounds. It's just, just it's a very nice feeling. And I got to, we were in Omaha for about five days oh, earlier. Awesome. We had a traditional family vacation of uh, renting an RV and going up to like, the Badlands and Custer State Park and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So starting in Omaha and doing a family camping trip. So I actually got a, a lot of Omaha time this year, which I was stoked on. That's awesome. I mean, I'm sure you make visits, but usually when you guys tour, I'm sure it's a, a very tight 24 hours that includes a concert. So probably not a whole lot of time, that other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try and get out and walk around um, to take in the, the local color, but Sometimes it doesn't happen. Yesterday it was pouring rain in uh, um, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, geez. On the bus all day long. <laughs> well, good to and get out and get some on air. my bed. Yeah. <laughs> and dripping yeah. on your bed. Great. Great. Rest of the fall tour will be great. And you got a lot of exciting things coming. Yeah. Very grateful. Thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it. Hey, man. Thanks for the continued support. And always got to say thank you to all the 311 fans listening for supporting our rock and roll dreams. We're very grateful. Thanks for listening to my talk with Nick Hexum from 311. It was such a great time to catch up with him. 
I've seen that band more times than I can count and interviewed Nick and other guys from the band a whole lot of times. Uh, always great to catch up with them and hear about what's going on. So I did want to tell you, we talked about it in the episode, but 311 is on a fall tour right now and it runs through mid-November. So the band's last five fall shows, they're also playing their first five albums in their entirety. Uh, one at each show. It's going to be really cool. Then in the spring, 311 has its seventh Caribbean cruise in March. It actually runs over 311 Day, which as you know, if you're a fan, is March 11th, 3-11, right? So check that out. Check the band's full tour schedule and get tickets at 311.com. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Omaha Music Guy and on my TikTok at the Kevin Coffey. Find my page on Facebook by searching for my name. If you have a question, you want to talk music, join the conversation on social media, hit me up, reply to a tweet, send me a DM, whatever. Love talking about music, especially with folks who listen to the podcast. Thank you once again to Herdat Media for producing the show, and you can find lots more of our podcasts at herdatmedia.com slash network. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. A Herdat Media Production.